Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond, and my super amazing, fantastic hunk meat of a friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. You went full Steve Sham on me there, thank you. I did, didn't I? As soon as I said the word hunk meat, I'm like, I've only, I've only got to have one person, and that's Steve Sham. Don't know where Steve that came Sham. from. But how are you, anyway? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's... Uh... Busy week. When's this going out? Before or after the Leicester game? Before. Well, I'm all good, mate. I'm excited. Looking forward to the Leicester game. There you go. That was my answer. I didn't know if I were allowed to say. Yeah, fair enough. Um, are you excited or are you just saying that? No, I'm genuinely excited. I've, I've, we'll go into it a bit later on, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Fair enough. You've been up to much then? You said you've had a busy week. What have you been up to? Uh, just planning everything, getting everything ready for... Uh, work related things of hair and football, and uh, just enjoying uh, watching a bit of footy as well. So, I know we didn't have a, the best of games or the Burnley related games, but uh, Leicester's coming up, so something to look forward to, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get all the housekeeping and stuff out of the way as we always do. If you're not already, please. Uh, go and download the Pitch Sport app. They are, of course, the sponsors of Turfcast, and they've been working it out today. We've had them for since like a, a year and three months now, um, and I've had no issues with them. No, they've been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's been a pleasure to work for them. So, if you haven't already, please download the Pitch Sport app. They've added a new feature on it now, which is something that um, I was aware that they were doing. Um, but I didn't realise that they'd implemented it. But I think they've done it a couple of weeks ago now. So those of you that go on the app a little bit more than I do might be more aware. But it's called Foreplay as in for a play, where you choose sort of like three results that you, sorry, four, that's why it's called four player, four results out of the Premier League games of what you think is going to happen. And the more of a risk you take, the more points you get. And then obviously you're going to a league table. So if you predicted that uh, Burnley were going to get beat by Spurs, you'd have got, say, like 50 points for that. But if you'd have predicted that Burnley were going to be Spurs, you might have got, like, 2,000 if that had happened. But then, obviously, do you take the risk and try and get 2,000? Or do you predict the and and get a safe 50 points? Uh, which is quite good. It's a shame that I'm a couple of weeks behind it because I've done it this week for the first time. Um, so I'm going to try and definitely do sort of like a turf cast league on it next season. That'll be class. Sort of like, and obviously we'll run a fantasy league as well, like we have done this year. This year it went a bit tits up because over 4,500 people joined it. Um, so I've not really bothered with that this year. So if you're 
uh, the people that listened to me earlier in the year where I said, we'll be doing weekly updates on the Fantasy League. We haven't done that because I'm not going to do a weekly update on 4,500 people. Uh, so next year we'll do that a bit differently. We'll have a, a four-player league uh, on the Pitch Sport app. So if you haven't already, please go and download it. They are our sponsors. Like I said, it's, it's sort of like a fan hub app where you can... Um, sort of like speak to other fans Sam and put that piece of wrapping paper down please uh, you can speak to fans of, of your club of other clubs you can answer questions that I put every week a fan town question and of course we've had the, I've had one out this week where I will uh, go over the answers uh, very very soon but now that's done um, I remember saying last week oh, the worst thing about a, a, a nil-nil draw against West Brom is the fact that you have to go and discuss it. Well, what's worse than discussing a nil-nil ball draw against West Brom is an absolute 4-0 annihilation to the hands of Tottenham Hotspur. And that's what we've got to do this week. Uh, at least this time, there's there's actual things to discuss, even if by the, the 15th minute, we might be just getting a bit fed up of slagging him off too much. Um, but yeah, Tottenham Hotspur 4, Burnley nil. Simon, go. Progression. Key word there. 5-0 last year, weren't it? Yeah. For, the, for this. So, sorry, the meal, you're making looking away. Bring you on the bus then. 4-0. Uh, um, it was progression. Do you know what, though? Like, I, and I said it on the watch, and I'll say it again. Before I go into sort of too many negatives, that I think there were some positives from it, and I'll go into that in a bit, but like, just before you all get bored and think, oh, what's the point in listening to this? I feel like that as well. I actually think there's some positives to come out of it, but first, let's go through the goals. So, you've got the... I've just watched them. I watched them while waiting for you to join because I wanted to refresh my memory of how shite they actually were again. Yeah. So, the first goal comes out, comes on the left-hand side, my memory says incorrectly, dinked in, the whole Burnley squad, uh, myself included, stopped as, as if to say it was offside. Uh, it was onside quite comfortably, not even a VAR. Yeah, easily onside. It, it was that ridiculously onside. The ball was it's like a slow poked cross, if you will. Bounced in. Nick Pope stood rooted because I think he thought, well, it must be offside because everyone else has stopped. Uh, and it, it, yeah. it was just easily finished. Game over there, there and then. 1 0 down in the first two minutes. It is game over, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know what you thought, but yeah, it, it was. I don't know what happened. Uh, well, we discussed it on the watch-along, didn't we? So you've got the ball, like you say, coming down the left-hand side, but our right-hand side. So it was, you know, just to get... just to, Obviously, I know you said that, but just to clear it. I'm going, all right, okay, not right-hand side. You were wrong. Yeah, our right-hand side, their left-hand side. Um, and the first one, sort of like, he approaches Lawton, I think, uh, who doesn't do anything wrong. He's in position, um, which is what you want from him. Uh, and he's blocked off the path. Um, of whoever it was to, to run down and whip the ball in. So he's then cut inside. I've got a little bit of issue with Brownell not closing him down straight away there. So that's the first minor mistake. I won't really say it's a mistake from Brownell. I just would have thought he probably could have done better and closed him down. Um, then there's the pass through, which, like you said, it's a ridiculously slow ball. Um, and I've got another issue with sort of like Tarky going to ground far too easily. But again, it's it's one of them ones where he's 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 tried to reach for it, I think, and then realizes he's not going to get it. So there's no point in overstretching. So then he's gone to ground. Maybe his positioning could have been a little better, but he's probably got an eye on what's going on behind him, which again is fair enough. Um and then there's also, before I mentioned the third one, as you said, Nick Pope's just rooted to the spot. It would have been better if maybe he was a little bit on his toes. He could have come running out or been a little bit more aware. Um, so there's three minor errors that if one of them didn't happen, the goal probably doesn't go in. But the main error, and let's be honest, we give Charlie Taylor so much praise on this podcast because he's done fantastic for three years at Burley Football Club. Um, but the major error is Charlie Taylor not coming back out quick enough. And he was the one that played them all on side. And, and that's the reason why the goal goes in. So there's a lot of errors in that goal. Three Three minor ones and one massive one. But I feel if any of them, especially the massive one, doesn't happen, then the goal doesn't go in. So it's just a bad goal to concede from Burnley's perspective. I think it's a difficult one, especially that Charlie Taylor. You know, I can see down the line, if it was the first man or the middle man, you could probably forgive the fact that they're not. Because we're talking, you know, half a metre um, sometimes is such a huge thing, the position to be out of. You know what I mean? We're talking masses. Uh, massive gaps with half a metre but when you actually put it in perspective it's not a great deal of space but when you're at the back and you can see down the line it, it, you know it is relative I won't, I won't say it's poor but it, it, it's just not being quick enough and maybe it's because it's the first minute of the game 
maybe 10 minutes into the game, maybe five minutes into the game, he's, he's gone his toes a little bit more. I think that ball shouldn't come in. That That's my criticism of it, as opposed to dealing with it. But um, I just don't think anyone anticipated that kind of pass. I think that was the problem. I think we all expected it to be a whip or, you know, cut back, maybe even have a run like you said at Lawton, but it wasn't. It was just like it's gone, then I'll fucking dink it in. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it being the first minute, second minute, whatever it was, it is partly to do with it. That's why Brownell gave an half arsed attempt to block it. Tarky gave an half arsed attempt to block it, and Charlie Taylor couldn't be arsed. And Poppy were just uh, not not on his toes. Like I said, I do think that is part of it, but I don't see that as an excuse. That is a case of well, you should be switched on from the first minute. It's the Premier League. So you, you you have to be switched on for ninety plus minutes in the Premier League, or you, or you concede goals as we saw. And then obviously. I'll let you go through the second one. I can't actually remember the, the second one off the top of it. I know I've just watched them. Yeah, we're going to say, you have to help me out here. Remind me which one's which now. Um, but yeah, we've gone 2-0 down then. What, how many minutes is it? 2-0 down, right? Like 10 minutes? Yeah, it, it was quite quick, weren't it? Yeah, it, were, it weren't a long time. And I think it was the cane deflected. Yeah, uh, you're right. It was. It's let me double check. Yeah, my my problem is the memory of which one went in when because it was just sort of yeah. Harry Harry Kane on the fifteenth minute. So, so that would have been the deflected one. So it's the incredible ball from Bale that gets it to oh. Kane. Was it Bale? It was Bale. Yeah, so it? The incredible pass from Bale. So what what my problem not problem isn't too big of a and a negative, but the problem with this is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because. We've gone 1-0 down, we've got hold of the ball, we've played it about a little bit, and then we've got ourselves in a decent position in their half of the pitch. Literally, yeah. we've done a cross, they've dealt with it, and within two passes, Bale has pinged it to Harry Kane, who has now got the whole left-hand side, our right-hand side, available to him, because Lawton's still up from the cross from the first pass, so he's got to now track back. Kane's gone, we've pushed him wide, you think, right, come on, we've dealt with this. He's leathered it. And then Poppy's ended up upside down with his head in the ground, like one of them birds. <laughs> I don't remember which bird it is. And I was like, what has happened ostrich. here? And then you watch it, an ostrich. And then you watch it. <laughs> and you look back at the replays. And you think, fucking hell, that, that little nick that you, was barely visible in real time because it was hit with such power as took yeah. it completely in a yeah i didn't realize i didn't realize it would take a deflection the first time i saw it i remember saying how's poppy so <laughs> gone down so easily there that's not like him but then obviously when you see the deflection you understand why yeah i've just watched it again it is that it is that incredible defense splitting pass from gareth bale i remember being a bit critical of brownhill again sort of like saying he probably should have stood his ground because he tries to sort of like do sort of like a, an old school john mcgreal overhead kick as the ball's coming towards him and, and doesn't really get anywhere near it Think he'd have got anywhere near it if he'd have stayed on his feet. Now looking back at it again, I'm just going to quickly watch it again now while while I say this. Gareth Bale on my screen now pinging it across. Um, yeah, he should have stayed on his feet. He should have uh, stayed 100%. on his feet. I've just seen that. 100%. He should have stayed on his feet. Do I think he'd have got to it? Potentially not, but he could have forced Kane out wide. But Kane's got all the yeah. time in the world now to come inside. So so yeah, Brown over there at fault for me on that one. And again, it's it's one of them mistakes that you look at and you think, don't think it's overly ridiculous of an error at the time but when you look back and you analyse a game and I'm sure Dash and the boys will have analysed it of course they will and I'm sure exactly they'll pinpoint Josh Brown they'll doing that they'll say you should have stayed on your feet then and 100% just watch it back again he should have definitely stayed on his feet there because then then, like I said he, he couldn't force Harry Kane out wide he doesn't have all the time in the world to come in so yeah Brown will at fault for that one for me yeah um I'll let you go into the again the third goal, which is the third goal in the moment, um, when you can remind me in a second because the the Browner one for me, I said it on the, at the time, and, was, and I'm standing by it. I'm, I'm quite adamant that if he does not try and do an all break kick, then that goal probably is it. Well, that, the the position is still in Harry Kane's favour, but I still think we're probably more capable to deal with it. Yeah, I'm just watching the replays all again now because I'm just quickly trying to, to get myself to the to the next goal. Um, yeah, the third one, the third one's the the one that comes in again from our right hand side. So it's Bale in the middle, gets it out to is it Reguon? Reguin, how we pronounce it? Ball in. Uh, yeah, he is decent. He's a decent left back. Ball in. It's one of them ones that at, at, at first, just looking at it now, it doesn't look like there's much on because I've just I've just got the position now on my screen where he's got the ball on the on their left 
Um, everyone's in position. Brownell's going towards him to put pressure on him. You've got Lawton tucked in behind Brownell. You've got Tarkin and Benmi on the edge of the box and then Taylor out wide. Everyone's in the position. Yeah, I say everyone's in the good positions. But then this ball, again, the ball's not even that good. But the problem is it it, it, it lands in an awkward area for Tarkin. That's the problem. If it were an inch further forward or an inch backwards, Benmi or Tarkin clear that all day long. But because it's the way where it is, Tarky tries to get his head on it and just sort of like doesn't get a good enough head on it and nicks it towards um, Lucas, Lucas Mora, who then just just one touch control and uh, and in the net. So Tarky, if you're being picky, but I think that's being harsh. I just think it's a case of if it were, you know, it's just in an awkward place for Tarky. Uh, everything just sort of like fell in their favour for that goal. If Tarky was an inch higher or an inch lower, that goal don't go in. And, and the same with the pass. If it goes an inch either side, it, that ball don't go in. Yeah, you took your talk early age as a defender, get your head on it. Uh, if he doesn't jump for that, he's criticised if someone's behind him. He has to go for it, he has to get it. And, and I thoroughly think that he would have thought he could get there. Uh, like you said, we're talking far, far margins again, just minimal decision making. And he's jumped, he's nicked it. How many times do you see it where there's like a ball whipped across? Defender gets a toe on it, deflects it a millimetre, and they go, oh, that, that touch there is what's took it away from Exactly, the yeah. It's but this time that, it's just gone in their favour. Exactly. It's that minimal. And I think that to criticise the attempt uh, is unfair. But the obviously, the fact of the matter is you're either a hero or, in this case, you're a zero on that scenario. Uh, so, yeah, that's a third yeah. goal. Yeah, I feel that one was a little bit unfortunate. I don't really want to blame anyone for that one. But no. the fourth goal, mm-hmm. um, so it's Son that picks it up on, again, on our right-hand side there, left. But... Problem is at the minute here, now we are out of position. I've just paused it. He's he's already past Lawton, he's past Brownhill, he's past Corke, and it's essentially three on two here as it's Son with the balls coming down. And he passes it. And now because of that, because he's got past Lawton and past Brownhill, all the players, the Burnley players have sort of like moved over to the right hand side, the Burnley right hand side. That leaves Gareth Bale in absolute acres of space over on our left, their right, touch, smashed it into the bottom corner. I mean, I, I did give a throwaway. Yeah, it's a good finish, but he has all the time in the world. But we just got caught out of position too easily there with that one. Yeah, that I was the problem three with that. Three nil down. You've got to take some sort of risk if you're going to have any chance of getting back into the game. You could say the game's over with them, but like, yeah, we'd were. be pissed off if they didn't make an effort, and we'd be pissed off if they weren't pushing on and trying to get a goal. But um, at the end of the day, we got caught out of position, but what a strike it was by Gareth Bale. Two goals and assists. Uh, it was unplayable that day, and fucking right was one of them games where it's against us. Yeah, it always seems to be the case, doesn't it? Um, I remember yeah. talking to a couple of Tottenham fans on a couple of Tottenham preview shows before the game. Um, they were talking about how Gareth Bale's not really done so well so far, um, but it's looking like he's going to play against us, and obviously he did. It did look like he was going to play against us because they played against uh, Wolfsburger in the Europa League on Wednesday before our game. And, um, yeah, I could tell that Bale were going to start because he came on against West Ham that Saturday. I can't remember the play yeah. the previous week. But he came on in the last 15, 20 minutes and he was really, really good. And then he got dropped for the uh, Wolfsburger game and everyone was saying, yeah, I don't understand why, why he's not playing him, but I just thought it's obvious that he's going to stick him in to start against Burnley. And after, what, what were it, 100 seconds, that decision was very, very justified. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that. He's, uh, he came on and did well against West Ham. In the words of Roy Keane, what, he put in a corner. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yeah. And If you didn't watch that rant, if anyone hasn't watched it on Sky Sports, Jamie Redknapp and uh, Roy Keane having a go at each other for, for Spurs being a poor team with uh, poor players uh, and none of the top four would touch any of them other than Kale Son, uh, Kane, Son and uh, Bale. I don't think yeah, but that's that, that... I was going to say, I think they would. It's just Bale's had a poor few seasons because he's been concentrating on playing golf rather than playing football. But the quality is there. And I think he's shown that again um, against us. All right, he, d- he didn't do it against the top, top side. He did it against the struggling Burnley side. But I do still think he he will find his form again. Cause I think he will. Say he, and he has done it, class, not class just against top sides, against the best sides. He's done it. Do you remember that goal he scored for Real Madrid? I mean, we're in the wrong podcast. But that, that goal he scored for Real Madrid when he, uh, he took on Barcelona and he ran off the pitch. And he, he, and he also, there's a goal a, against oh. Liverpool in the Champions League final, the overhead kick. The so overhead the quality is there. He yeah, just he just needs to it. find it again. It is consistent games, but quite to 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 the Burnley performance. 
I am. Um, this is the positive side of it. I was thinking to myself, we've played all right. And I looked at the stats and I had a look at it afterwards because I thought we've had the ball far more than I anticipated. I think it was 46% growth, if memory serves me correctly. Um, which is a half. We did, yeah, because there were a couple of chances. When we went 1 0 down, I felt that we responded well to it. Mm. Admittedly, we went one 0 down, and not long after we were two 0 down. We could have easily already been four 0 down at that point. But in terms of creating chances for the first game, long time, well, since the Palace game, to be fair, we actually looked okay going forward. Yeah, and we we, we created. I think we had ten shots, uh, three on target, which is half a Burnley. Let's let's put his hands up there. That three shots on target away from home. Um, well, we got none against West Ham, the ten man West uh, West Brom, and uh, a, a ten man West Brom. So three against Spurs away from home is absolutely oxygen levels. Exactly. Uh, Vidra had two or three chances that he never even got the shot away, uh, and they they walked out on any sort of stats. So I think that there's a lot of positives to come out of this game, and people might think, "Ah, oh, you're talking shit, Sam." But another day, another another strike partnership, which we can go into if you want. But. Uh, I think we could. Let's not. Done. We've done that. We've done that to death. Although the, the, we, will, we, will, we will discuss it slightly because coming up, Chris was back. But we'll go into yeah. that for the Leicester game. But do you know what my biggest concern were from this match? And it wasn't the strikers. It was how exposed we are on that right-hand side. And it isn't because Matt Lawton, who's for me a contender for player of the season at the minute, it's because Brownhill, and I'm saying it in a in a sympathetic way, I'm saying it in the way of Brownell's in danger of becoming a new Jeff Hendrick. If we keep playing him out of position and we keep giving it, the fans will eventually think, do you know what, he's fucking shit. And they'll start getting on his back like they did with Jeff. Now, Jeff did a job, but he was always shoved on the right-hand side and he was always a scapegoat when mm. it was going shit. And Brownell's in danger at the minute of becoming a right midfielder or he's not playing. Um, yeah. In which case, he's not good enough. Yeah, he's not good enough on right midfield. He's a totally different no. player. He's obviously a central midfielder. Um, yeah. I feel a lot of it we're exposed because it naturally comes into the middle and then it leaves. He's a central midfielder, so of course he's going to do. So it naturally it, it naturally comes in the middle and then you've got Dwight hugging the touchline on the other side and then Jeff coming in the middle. Not Jeff, sorry, Josh coming in the middle. So you've got... So you've gotten zero balance to the side. So then Dwight himself compensates by coming a little bit narrower. And then we just expose down both flanks. But but yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, I'm not sure if people will turn on him because I think people understand that he's been class in the middle. And I think a lot of people do want him in the middle. Mm. Again, we've had Maybe. this debate a million times. Who do you replace him with? We've had that debate. Um, but the middle two against Spurs were... We're shocking. So is that now maybe a chance of, of of him coming back in the middle? Probably not because we don't have anyone to go out wide. Um, we discussed the problem on the right midfield a couple of podcasts ago and I said, look, I don't necessarily want to see Lawton moved into right mid because he's doing so well at right back. But I think I may be coming down to that sort of way of thinking now because I don't think Lawton and Bardsley, if that was the right-hand side of midfield, would be as exposed as 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 Brownell and Lawton. I, th- I think Lawton will do a better job because he's naturally more defensive, so he will come back. And then going forward, we have that balance. I don't know. I think maybe it might be time to to try something like that because Josh Brownell, it isn't working at right midfield for him, but I do feel for the lad. I'm not criticising him. Yeah. I do think he and should that, be in the middle of the park. And I just want to clarify that. that, that that's exactly why I made the reference of we turned against one person because he was being played out of position. And, and this is another thing. We, we, we can see that Brownhill's probably better in the midfield. Well, definitely better in the midfield. But on the right, Dwight's, let's be fair, Dwight's not fucking 10 out of 10 for coming back and helping defensively. He's also laboured sometimes when it comes back to defensive duties. Um, so when you've got two of them not pulling back in them defensive duties, you are going to get punished. However, at the worst thing we could do right now is change that back four. So if you start putting lots on the right midfield, you know, we conceded four goals against Spurs. We only conceded four goals in the rest of February, um, as we just entered March, and two, and we played Man City in that month. So I don't want to be too critical of the defensive shape because I think the defensive shape is is fine. Let's not let's just leave that as is. Where we do need massive, massive upgrades and changes is in midfield because we're not creating the chances. We're barely getting them. Um, we're barely getting the strikers involved because of midfield, in my opinion. And now we're creating gaps at the behind because 
Brownhill's on the right hand side when he should be probably. Yeah, the obviously the problem at the minute is there's nothing else you can do. So if you don't want to change anything in terms of the right uh, the right hand side, which is yeah. fair enough because Lawton's doing well, then it is going to be Brownhill again. So it's it's catch twenty two. You either you either try and change it up and stick Lawton in right mid and drop Brownhill and Bardo at right back, or or I know a few people have suggested putting Jay on the left and things like that, or, or Jay on the right. Sorry, um, he's done it before. Would that work? Again, I think we're going to have a similar sort of issue there. I think he's more attacking minded, so he's going to naturally go forward, and we're going to be exposed on the right personally. Um, what we need is we need a right midfielder who isn't made of glass, um, like JBG. We've discussed it time and time again on the podcast. Is it time to get rid? And every time he comes back into the side, everyone's like, well, no, look at how much quality he has. But then we're left with situations like this where, where we're exposed uh, because of his injuries. But the right-hand side of midfield has been an issue at Burnley for three, four years now. And for some reason, we just haven't sorted it out. So it definitely needs changing. Yeah. But again, just to highlight my opinion of it, I, I do think there's some positives in that game. Um, four goals in one game sounds horrific, but again, we, we only let four goals in prior to that in the whole month of February. Uh, I think it was four games in, in, in total there and one against City. I think we played well. We had a lot of the ball, which I didn't expect us to have, uh, and we created chances for once. So, albeit we didn't put them away and albeit probably not enough, but you're playing again. Look at the players that scored, mate. Harry Kane, Bale and uh, Lewis, I think, some some of the best clubs in the world would struggle to keep them one of them out, never mind all three of them. Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of positives, though, Lewis Richardson, he only came on in, what, the 88th minute, something like that. But it looked, looked a bit of a live wire coming on. I mean, I've seen some suggestions on Twitter already that he should start against Leicester. Let's be honest, that's a typical sort of like... Um, that what were the people calling for Mumbongo to start not long ago as well. It's a similar sort of vibe. He looks okay. But he's one for the future. Um, will I start him against Leicester? Absolutely not a chance. Um, but he looked good coming on, didn't he? he you know, he, he actually, to be fair, he did, he did do a lot more. Uh, he looked a lot more energetic. He tried to get forward a bit more than some of the players had done for yeah. for, for the majority of the match. So he looks a good one. He won two corners. It looks good, mate. It looks really good. Exciting. He had a lot more, I dare, dare I say, he looked a little bit more intelligent with the ball than Mbongo does. He looked like he had an idea of where he wanted to go with it as opposed to just using his power. Uh, a little bit lightweight, but that will change hopefully in the future. I believe Spurs wanted him last season, mate. I believe Spurs wanted him last season. So he obviously has some promise, but that going back to Mumbongo, not to be critical, scored two in the under 23 this week. Yeah, and Lewis Richardson got, got one as well. So, you know, they, yeah. they both look like they're going to be decent players going forward. I think Mumbongo, like you said, he just needs to be a little bit more aware of what he's doing. Um, and Richardson as well. I'm sure he has stuff to work on. I've not seen enough of him. I've only seen him play for like two, three minutes. But um, but yeah, the future's Positive. bright. The future's clarer. Maybe I'm grasping at straws a bit there. But but yeah, it, put it this way: if we if 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 we got relegated in like two seasons, I think them two could do a job in the championship anyway. From what I've seen so far. When was um, the last time you but, saw three kids coming out of a Burnley season? Benson. Uh, I know. He, I know oh, he's yeah, well, sound, by the way, Benson, Richardson, Mbongo. Uh, it's, it's good to see, definitely. Like you say, I, I was going to mention there's Glennon as well, and then there's um, there's a couple of defenders as well um, whose name I forgot. Um, you, Max Thompson as well. Louis, yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a few there's a few decent kids at the club. I think it's fair. I think I remember two or three years ago, uh, which was a, probably another transfer window where we didn't sign anybody of note because we haven't signed anyone of note since we. To, to go straight into the first team since we signed Chris Wood and that was he's been here for ages now. Um I remember a couple of seasons ago they signed about 20 under 23 players and they kept putting on the website new signing so and so who's 16. I remember going, oh what are you doing? Sign some first teamers. But I think now all this investment in the facilities, in the, into the, the kids at the club, it is finally showing finally paying off. Well it is worth saying mate because he gets enough criticism but what well, I forget his name forgive me but yeah, everyone who knows me knows I struggle with names uh, the guy um, who was employed, with I know uh, the guy who was employed as the director of football um, um Mike Rigg Mike Rigg that, that's his role his role is to get these people in and, and in the last I've never seen so many people coming through the ranks uh, granted we're down to bare bones so that, that might be a coincidence maybe but uh, I'm seeing a positive return on an investment of Mike Rigg at the minute. Well that's the that's the that's the positive of having so many injuries, if there is one, mm. is you get to see these kids coming through. Dwight McNeil wouldn't be anywhere well wouldn't have got anywhere near the first team when he got near the first team if it wasn't for injuries. He might have still not been anywhere near it. Yeah, exactly. 
he might have been sold off to somebody like Fleetwood or Preston by now. We might have never seen him. So hopefully it's a similar sort of thing for Lewis Richardson and he gets a run in the side um, in yeah. the next couple of years. Fingers crossed anyway. Anyway, that's it from our um, opinion of uh, the shambolic performance or, or in Simon's positive, in Simon's little positive spin, shambolic but a little bit positive going forward and had more of the ball uh, performance down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, but as usual, we had a fan reaction uh, sent in. Uh, so this is what anti-football had to say on the Tottenham defeat. Clarence, weren't it? I don't know, another bad day at the office. Bloody rubbish, weren't it? Uh, we can't be giving these top teams a bloody head start, can we? Hey, we did it with City. Now we bloody Spurs, quickest goal ever scored against us in Premier League. Oh, it's bloody no good, is it? Eh? We struggle to come from behind against any bloody side. So against these top teams, we ain't got a big in prayer, have we? So I have to admit, I kind of switched off to the game after after that. I thought, oh, well, there we go. That's that game gone, you know. And I weren't really following it, you know. But at least I was switched on from bloody kick-off. Unlike most of the piggy team, eh? It's not good enough, you know. Get your act together, lads. Yeesh. But uh, I tell you what, I perked up a little bit at 2-0. Because uh, when Kane scored, cause I thought, oh, hello. I predicted before a game, 3-0, I said, to Spurs, obviously. <laughs> With uh, Bale, Kane and Son. I thought, oh, bloody hell, if Son scores here, oh, I'm thinking I should have put a bloody bet on. I'm not a gambler, but, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I might as well have done. You know, get some out of the game for myself, at least. But anyway, Lucas put paid to that, didn't he? And then Bale and took it 4-0, so... Yeah, so I weren't really watching game. I were, I were on one of them uh, watch-alongs on internet, on, on Zoom. We had a few girls from um, Knitting Club, you know. We have a little natter on there. They're not into football like I am. But, you know, they watch, they watch as well. And we just have a natter, you know. And... Uh, you know, when we were, uh, you know, having a, having a, having a look at old, um, strapping young fellas out there, you know. <laughs> hey, that's a bit of a bonus for us women, you know, when we're watching football. And gay fellas and all, you know, if games are bad as shy, you can just start perving at players and go, oh, mind if to that. <laughs> hey, even Gareth Bale with his bloody, his man bun. Hey, get hold of that. <laughs> Come on, Gareth. Yeah, so, you know, we were amusing ourselves with that, me and girls, and, uh, what, uh, oh, we, we, you know, we were thinking, like, are we going to be safe, you know, like, thinking about the uh, rest of the season, and I was saying, oh, come on, I think we can manage three wins out of the next 12, can't we? Of course we can, eh? That's, I think that's what we'll need, three wins, and we'll be safe, I think. What the girls were saying, we only need two. She reckons too, she don't reckon Fulham will get more than uh, 34 points. Well, I hope she's right anyway, you know. Just, uh, but we need to book us bloody ideas up, don't we? Uh, but uh, before the game, I want to get in a bit of stick on Twitter, you know, on Twitter twats, you know, because I said 3 0, like I say. And, uh, but, you know, I was just being honest, you know, you kind of get a feel, don't you, going into the game with what's going on with other teams, you know, Spurs have been through a bit of a rough patch and then they play very well in Europe, don't they, Bale's coming back to uh, somewhat like top form and Jose's been on one of his worst runs ever as a manager, you think, well, that's not going to carry on, is it, and I just felt, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get a spanking now we did you know and Daesh said something similar after the match didn't he he thought same so you wonder if that's uh, you know trans transferred to players and all in back of the mind even though he said he didn't say no you know you know everyone's thinking it aren't they anyway I feel a lot different going into Leicester game Ooh, yeah, I think in there, because it's a sticky patch, aren't they? Just last week, shit in Europe, and they've got beat back fast. 
and um, got a few injuries as well, haven't they? Uh, Barnes is out and uh, Mad Madison Avenue, uh, him and someone else. So I'm confident. Well, uh, I reckon we're going to have a one nil win there at home. Woody, Woody's going to come on. I reckon he's going to start next game, you know. Yeah, Woody will start and we'll win one nil. There you go. You've heard it from your auntie. Lump on. <laughs> All right, that's me for now, Claret. Take care of yourselves. there you have it big thank you to anti-football for sending his or her um fan reaction in uh obviously we usually have a bit more uh, i'll be fully transparent as usual we only had one sent in uh which because we usually have four regulars um but this is why i'm always asking for more and more people to get involved because there is every now and then a week where you know because normally the regulars are anti-football and we've got neil um, we've got the New Zealand Clarets and we've got, um, I for, sorry, I forget your name, but the Higginator. Higginator is called on Twitter. Um, so, uh, but for, what, for whatever reason, three people couldn't, couldn't do it this week, which is totally fine. Obviously, you're not contracted to do it. So, um, but that's why I want more people to get involved. So, in case there is one of these weeks where a few people can't do it for whatever reason, um, if they have personal reasons or they're too busy, uh, then we've always got enough to fall back on. So, I can still put a video out and still add a bit of context. Um, to the podcast with a fan reaction, but I've managed to do uh, a pre-game show this week. So later on in the podcast, you will hear from a Leicester City fan um, on his thoughts ahead of uh, the game uh, this week on Wednesday or the time you're listening to this tonight because it's going out on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, the next part of the podcast is the part where we have a look at uh, the fan time. Uh, of course, we have our fan time question, which we'll on the pitch sport app, which uh, is on the bottom of your screen now, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and like I said, what we do is every single week, I upload a question to you, the Burnley fans, uh, to try and get your response. And the deal is, if you respond to this question on the app, I will guarantee that your response is read out and discussed on the podcast. So this week, uh, the question was, I mean, Simon have already discussed it, so I'm not going to put Simon under the bus uh, this time. Are you happy with Burnley's points tally from the last three games? Now, I asked this before the Spurs game. So the West Brom game, the Fulham game Fulham and Palace. the Palace game. Yes, yeah, so we got uh, five points from them three games. Um which, yeah, me and Sam have already discussed it, to be fair. Um, but uh, we had a couple of responses. First of all, uh, Lindor says, if you would have told me before the three games that we would get five points, I would have snapped your hand off. Three massive games in such a short space of time. I am glad that Dyche rested the players in the cup for these three games up the Claret. So he adds a little bit of um, sort of a different yeah, point there about the ball. Um, yeah, well, I think we said we were happy with him uh, resting him. Uh, I think we said we wanted to take it seriously. It, it's one of them. It's a tough one. That I, I can understand why he did it, but I would still like to see him take it a bit more seriously. But the reason why he doesn't take it that much seriously is because of the lack of squad depth. And if we had consistent players coming in, he would be able to do both, but um, he couldn't. Anyway, that's a different debate. And uh, Shri, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, S-H-R-I, says, I'm pretty happy with that, actually. We could have done better, but we could have done much, much worse as well. So no reason to complain. 100% positivity. And what I like about this is they both end with UTC. So up the clarets, yes. lads. Um, nice. There isn't a fan time question on there on the app uh, at the minute this time. I know I said what I'm going to try and do is upload it before we record the podcast so we can then promote the question on the podcast. But obviously we're playing Leicester soon so i want to wait until after the leicester match before i send my question in so i'll be sending my question in uh probably thursday morning uh so keep an eye out for that um and if if, if you haven't got the app or you don't go on the app enough to sort of like um see when the fan time question comes in don't worry if you follow us on social media we do put um uh, the question out on there as well but we sort of like advise you to go to the app to to, to answer it because then if you don't answer it on the app you don't get your um response read out um, anyway, next coming up next, as we've said, is the Leicester City game. So it's um, a bit of an unusual one, this one, because normally I'd be going into this one thinking, ah, oh, Leicester are a good side, to be fair. So we're going to you know, have a very, very uh, tough game against it. But their injury list is pretty extensive at the minute. So maybe there's no better time to play them. 
Yeah, you can't, can't say it better than that, mate. No better time to play a team like this. Uh, the back of a, a deflating defeat, and I mean that in the terms of the 1-0 up, um, quite far in and three goals conceded. Um, they deflated, they got two two big injuries. Uh, I believe that Vardy were limping around for the last latter parts of the to the game as well. Yeah, well, obviously, apparently Vardy is a 75% chance of playing, but his goals have dried up recently as well, so... Even if he is playing, he's got a knock and his goals have dried up. Apparently, he's never fully recovered yet from a hip operation that he's had. So that's what the Leicester fan says that you'll hear from later in the show. So, yeah, Harvey Barnes is out. Madison's out. Um, there's loads of Pratt's out. Um, the lad that they signed from Newcastle's out. The injury list is, is just ridiculous. Justin's out, yeah. Yeah, yeah Justin. Well. Um, Justin's out. And then, yeah, they've got some uh, class player, Matt Madison. Uh, can turn yeah. a game, you know, he's their Grealish, he's, he's their playmaker, he makes that like, things happen. There's a few players at the minute play, fighting for that position at number 10, and he's one of them. Uh, for England, uh, for the Euros, he's, he's that big of a player. So, massive positives for us. Uh, not want to say anyone injured, I don't mean it in that term, but if you're going to play yeah, him, now's the time to play him. Uh, yeah. so we had relatively good results against them at home in recent times. Uh, big performances needed. Don't get me wrong; it's it's not a given. It's not going to come to us just because they're injured. They've still got enough of a team, and and, and from what I'm hearing behind the scenes, Rogers is uh, an incredible coach. So I'm sure they're all well drilled and know their roles, even if they're not the first teamers. So yeah, we still got a job to do, but what a better time to play. Yeah, but it's, it's with them though, isn't it? We've been on a, a little bit of a, a poor run of form. If you go for the last three games, I know we didn't lose the two games before the Tottenham game, but obviously the Tottenham game. As we've already discussed, we were opened up far too easily, two exposed and all that sort of stuff. Then there's a Fulham and the West Brom games where, oh yeah, we didn't get beat, but uh, we weren't really creating enough. So if we were going into this game on a, a decent run of form with, you know, without playing yeah. square pegs in round holes like we are doing in right mid, I'd be quietly confident. And we'll get into the predictions later on. Maybe I am still a little bit quietly confident, but I'll be going into the like, feeling, yeah, we can do these. But now I'm a little bit unsure because, you know, we haven't been playing too well recently. I think we can do them. I still think we can do them. Um, again, just just the advantages are on our side at the minute. The you know in the last five games we've lost two, and they were against City and Spurs. But we have to respect that Leicester are fighting for second place at the minute. So you know if you're getting beat against Spurs, then <coughs> Leicester surely are a team that we need to consider as as good as, if not better. Um, it's a serious contender, but I still think at home for some strange reason. We can beat anybody. Uh, you know, you can bring... But I, I don't know why. I've got this unbelievable optimism at home. You bring Barca to Burnley, I think you struggle. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it's weird. I, I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Not so much as much this season, um, probably because of the lack of performances. And we had some poor results at home this season. The Southampton won. I know they were doing well earlier in the season, but it was still a very poor performance. Um, springs to mind. But especially with the crowd there, I do think we can beat anyone. But... Obviously, we go back to last season, the last time we played Leicester at Turf Moor, 1-0 down. Um, they they were absolutely flying in that game. They were all over us. Got a penalty. We thought, here we go. 2-0 up. I think it was still the first half. If not, it were quite early in the second half. 2-0 um, up. They, they, they're going to go on to absolutely cruise this game because they were in a similar position last season, weren't they? Fighting for the top two, yeah. fighting for the Champions League. Um, obviously, Vardy stepped up, took the penalty. Missed it. No, he didn't miss it, sorry. Nick Pope saved it. Let's get that right. And then we went on and won the game and, and we won the game quite comfortably as well. Now, I look at that season, last season, and think we had a poor start, a little bit indifferent in the middle, then a really good latter, latter part of the season. Now, that game is the bit where I can pinpoint where the season turned around. And more specifically, that That's save it. from Nick Pope is where that game turned around. So save from Nick Pope is practically where last season turned around. So, fingers crossed we can have some of that again tomorrow. Yeah, tonight hopefully, if you mate. This on Wednesday. Hopefully, mate. We, uh, do you know what? I missed that game last year. It's one of the only games I missed at home. Uh, I was working. I was working in a hotel in Manchester. Um, oh, and... It's probably one of my, it's probably one of the favourite games, if not the favourite game from last season. Yeah, well, well, Man United away, obviously, but one of the favourite games from last season. My now twelve-year-old son was on the game, and I'm working at a conference with hundreds of people, and I'm meant to be going on stage any minute, and my phone keeps ringing in my pocket, and I'm like, hello, hello. Anyway. 
Dad, Dad, they've got a penalty for Nick Pops. Just saved it. Oh, my God. And he's got his saw him out. He's like, Dad, we're winning. I'm like, don't wait, I'm on stage. Shush. I've got to go. But I'm, I'm answering it. You might think to yourself, why is answering it? I'm like, because I actually do really want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I hate that, man. I can't. I can't answer the phone. I can't, if someone rang me that was on the turf and I wasn't on the turf, I wouldn't be able to do it. I I get that like feeling of you missing something in your heart, and I'd just be like, like yeah. no. especially if it had been such a good game like that one. Yeah, well, you give me a phone like, oh, double one, no down. Oh, dad, they've got a penalty. Oh, I said that, and then like you just went on and yeah, one of the games, one of the highlights of the season, one of the highlights of Premier League football for Burnley, uh, coming down from one nil to two one to turn the season on its head at the time. Uh, I missed it unfortunately. So hopefully we get one tomorrow. Yeah, well, I'll take I'll take a shit house one nil first minute. Sit back for the next 87, 89 minutes, whatever. I don't care. We just we just need three points. If we get three points tomorrow, it'll kickstart the season and uh, and we'll stay up. Do I still think we'll stay up? Yeah, I'll revi- we'll revisit that debate in, in in a few weeks if we've lost all three of the next games. Uh, we'll see where we're at in terms of Fulham because they've got a bit of a tough run. But if we get three points tomorrow, then you pretty much put us in the Premier League next season. Um, but yeah, that's what we think of the Leicester game. In fact, before I do that, Simon, your prediction for the Leicester game? 2-0 Burnley, Chris Wood. 2-0. See, I'm going 1-0 Burnley. I'm going 1-0 yeah. Burnley. I do think we'll do it. Um, which I th- is strange coming off the back of that Tottenham game. And obviously, we've had, I see loads of people's comments on stuff that we put on Turfcast. Obviously, I pretty much read every single comment. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, if you think we're going to get something out of that Leicester game, you're stupid. Like, because we've lost against Spurs at Spurs, which everyone expected us to do. And we did quite comfortably last season and probably the season before that as well. But uh, yeah, I think we'll win. I just think Leicester, yeah. there's no better time to play a Leicester. Vardy's not scoring. Famous last words. It was like a goal against Burnley. You know, Vardy at treat now. Um, Vardy's not scoring. Barnes is out. Madison's out. Pratt's out. Justin's out. The lad that they signed from Newcastle, whose name I still haven't remembered, is out. So there's just so many people out. There's no better time to play him. And I think I think one of the games, like when Burnley's back's against the wall, that's when they tend to, to come out fighting. I think at the minute now, they've been pushed back into a corner again. The back's against the wall. I think tomorrow we'll see a a typical Burnley under Dice performance where you just come out, bully away to a 1-0 win and then, you know, go off the pitch and everyone's happy again because everyone were depressed after the game against Spurs. But that's what me and Simon thought about the Leicester game. Anyway, as mentioned, uh, I've managed to do a pre-game show this week. Uh, not working as much this week, so I've only been 30 hours at work this week instead of the standard 50. Uh, so I've managed to squeeze a pre-game show in for you. I spoke to Chris from Leicester Till I Die TV and this is what he had to say ahead of the game at Turf Moor against the Foxes. Talk to me about your current injury situation uh, because it is, it's quite an extensive list, isn't it? And I wasn't aware how bad the list was. I, I saw that Harvey Barnes went off injured at the weekend against yeah. Arsenal. And although it's weird, like we kind of like Harvey Barnes in Burnley because obviously he's the son of Paul Barnes yeah. and he was born in Burnley. Um, but a lot of us are sort of like thinking, oh, well, that's very good news for us um, because he's a very, very good footballer. It is, um, it is good news for you. Yeah. So uh, talk to me about that injury list because it is quite okay. extensive. Pull, pull a chair up. <laughs> get a drink. <laughs> Here we go. Are you sitting comfortably? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, it is good news for you, as much as you don't want to see any player being injured. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Jamie Vardy hasn't been on fire recently. He's not scored for a while, but it kind of got glossed over because even when he plays, he takes a couple of defenders with him. And you had Madison and you had Barnes who were knocking the goals in. From, you know, from, from behind him. Madison's out. Um, his natural replacement, Dennis Pratt, is also out. So we're having a problem with that number 10 role. Um, Harvey Barnes, as you saw, went off. He's having to have an operation on his knee. So we pretty much, it might even ruin his, you know, his England chances. Yeah, that is a shame. Um, I was looking forward yeah. to seeing him in an English shirt. Yeah. Iosi uh, uh, Perez, he, again, he could probably do that number 10 role. He's out. Um, Fafana, He's almost well. He's certainly out. He's not going to be back for for, for Wednesday, and he's been a, a a revelation since we bought him. Jamie Vardy's still, you know, he's not a hundred percent from his hip hop. Um, I prefer garage, but he likes hip hop. <laughs> he's seventy five percent chance of playing. So fingers crossed for us for that. Um, Johnny Evans, you know, he went off. He's fifty percent. He went off with a with a with a with a little bit of a niggle. And where's Morgan? So you know. <sighs> <laughs> I, th- I think we've got a few tea ladies that could pull a shirt on and uh, and play for us. 
Yeah, well, I think I said I said on your podcast, didn't I? It's, it's going to be the battle of the walking wounded because obviously yeah. you're on about putting tea ladies out. Uh, at the minute, we've had to put a couple of youngsters on. We've got a lad called Joel Mumbongo who's had, who's had to play up front a couple of times for us. All admittedly coming off the bench, but still. Yeah. Uh, and Lewis Richardson, uh, he came off the bench uh, against Spurs at the weekend. Um, he, he does look one to be who's going to be quite decent in the future. To be fair, they both do. They both look decent. But I was impressed with uh, uh, Lewis Richardson at the weekend. All right, admittedly, he only came on and won a couple of corners, but you know he showed yeah. more. You know, like desire uh, is the right word to, to want to be able to do something. But that's, um, that's the only thing that is positive for us as well is that we've got well, we've got this huge new training ground that's that's been. Yeah, built. I have seen that. It looks yeah. lovely. It is. It's supposed. It's up there with Man City's. Is one of the best in Europe. I mean, you know, if we don't buy any players this season, you've got to look and go. Yeah, well, that's probably where the money's gone. But yeah. what it is doing is we have got such a good squad of youngsters coming through. You know, we've got we've got quite a few that are out on um, on loan at the moment. Um, but we've got long, young Luke Thomas, um, who's been playing left back. Because we had James Justin, like I say, he's injured, but he's had a yeah. great season. But you know, Luke Thomas has come on in that position. He's played. He's played in Europe. He scored in Europe. So you know, he's a youngster, but he's he he, he can play. We've got Daley Campbell, who we got. Uh, in the squad from from Arsenal, he's sort of still in the youth system coming through. We've got a guy called Tavares. Um, for those of us of a certain age, will know it's not the pop group. Uh, <laughs> he's the player, but he's got Barcelona and Real Madrid and clubs like that that are sniffing round him. And it's a question about whether we'll be able to hold on to him or not. But he looks like a, you know, a talent. So we have got that youth coming through, and don't be surprised to see a couple of them playing on Wednesday night. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how Dwight McNeil came through our ranks. Obviously, he's now arguably our most creative player. Again, he's another one that's had a bit of a quiet season. Obviously, I was talking to you on on, on your yeah. show about Chris Wood and how he's had a quiet season. Um, but if it weren't for the injuries, Dwight McNeil wouldn't have come through and burst onto the scene that season, three seasons ago. So, fingers crossed we can find the next Dwight McNeil. Um, but yeah, it is going to be a bit of a, a strange one. Fingers crossed Chris Wood is back. But I do want to talk about Chris Wood because obviously... He played for you boys um, not so yeah. long ago. That you said he, he scored a goal at Turf Moor, quite a good goal. Um, it's, 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 I, I, I remember the goal because I remember being quite frustrated when it went in. Is the political way of saying it? Um, but <laughs> well, one of the most frustrating things is every time I like, I want to edit a picture of Chris Wood or edit a you know a, a Turfcast thumbnail yeah. and put Chris Wood in it, you type in Chris Wood Burnley. It's one of the first 10 pictures that comes up, him <laughs> celebrating, scoring against Burnley. Like, he's been at Burnley for God knows how long. Um, yeah. But, yeah, talk to me about Chris Wood then, because he, he did quite well at Leicester, I think, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, we, we bought him, I think it was from Millwall, and I remember doing uh, a graphic because he, he's got a couple of goals. and He got six in a game, you know. We, I had him as a gunslinger, you know, the six shooters in town, and we've got him, and he came as a really, really, really hot prospect. And... We got promoted to the Premier League, and I, I believe we actually scored our first goal for Leicester back in the Premier League against against Everton, got us a point. But unfortunately, Jamie Vardy was just developing at that point. You know, he'd uh, he'd had a good season the season before um, when we got promoted. Um, I think you came up with us that season because you finished second, I think, didn't you? Yes, we yes. did. Yeah, and but then yeah. um, obviously that season we got relegated. But and the, yeah. the, the 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 game that always always to me is the one that sent us down. Where the, the game we lost uh, against you at Turf Moor, we missed a penalty, yeah. um, and then you went up the other end and scored. Yeah. Jamie Vardy, yeah. who else but Jamie, Jamie Vardy off his knee, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I love Chris Wood, um, and I wish we'd still got him as a squad player because I think he could he could do a job for you, but. You know, it's always a problem. Jamie Vardy didn't start the first few games um, when we were in the Premier League. We had the Man United game, the 5-3. Really, it was just, um, yeah, it was amazing. And the rest is history. And, you know, we, we've lost Chris Wood. We lost Kramerich, who's, who's gone to Hoffenheim. And, you know, he played for Croatia in the World Cup final. You know, we've let these players go because... You can't not play Jamie Vardy. That's the problem. Yeah. But no, I still I, I I love Chris Wood. I still wish we'd got Chris Wood. I would love to have him in the squad. He might not play every week, I say because of Vardy, but I'd love to have him in the squad. 
So yeah, I mean, thanks to Chris uh, from Leicester to Light ITV for coming on the Turfcast podcast pregame show. That was only a little snippet of the show. Um, if you do want to watch the full show um, ahead of uh, the game tonight, if you listen to this on Wednesday, uh, then just head over to Turfcast podcast on YouTube. And you can find the full show on there. Uh, but yeah, big thanks to Chris for coming on the show. Um, just going to start wrapping up now, but one couple of things that I do want to mention. The news is brought today on the day of recording that uh, CEO uh, Neil Hart has left Burnley Football Club. You were a client of yours, weren't you, Simon? Um, I'm not saying either of us know anything that's gone on, but um, interesting development at the club. Only managed a couple of months under the new owners. I, just at a guess, looking at what's happened, I think it's probably a case that owners have decided they want probably their own sort of men at the football club. Possibly. I have literally no idea. It's breaking. Hopefully we can get some information for the for the listeners in in near time, if uh, if Neil wants to speak about it, I'll, I'll ask the questions. But uh, that's all I can do. But yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, promoted, worked his way up through the community team, become the director of the community uh, team, and then uh, got promoted to uh, the CEO of uh, Burnley Football Club. So he's he's done incredible things in a short period of time. When he's uh, he came from Watford, I believe, as well with Dash. I think he worked with Dash at Watford. He worked at the community of Watford and then came up here to work there. But uh, I, I, intrigued to see where he's going to go. Wish him all the best. He's uh, he's obviously done great things in a short time. And uh, if we find out more, I'll find out for you, mate. Yeah, interesting. Neil, if you are listening, we'll be happy to have you on the show to discuss anything, really. No pressure. You don't have to. Uh, anyone listening, you can come on if you're an ex-player and you have something good to say. I'm always looking for more guests. Uh, I've got international break coming up in a few weeks, so who knows? Some fingers in a few pairs. Um, another thing I want to just mention, I've just quickly, before I come on here, uh, noticed that the club have asked uh, for another uh, fan survey. I don't know if you've seen it. I quickly did it before I came on here. And there's a lot of uh, stuff on there. Um, now, I don't normally sort of like do this but i'd encourage people to go and have a look at it to get your opinions across because um no better time to put your opinions across than when new owners are in because they're going to have new ideas themselves they're going to listen to people especially when they're not from around here because obviously they're american so they're going to listen to people from the area who support the club a lot of stuff that i put on mine was i feel like the club should do more to promote themselves internationally to create an international brand which is what me and simon talk about all the time on the podcast and i did mention a few things about having more content available uh such as streams it not being behind a paywall i've discussed that many times i don't don't like how it's behind a paywall so again i'm not saying anything that i haven't said before um so it's a very good very good opportunity for you to go out there and, uh, and put your opinion across i've done mine Simon will probably do his when he remembers in about three weeks. Um, and I, I I would recommend you all go and do yours now. Simon, it's a good idea, though, isn't it? It's a good idea to get uh, opinions of the fans. Yeah, it's good. Uh, little incentive there, I think. It's uh, one person could win £100 to spend at the push shop, I think it was. And uh, there's five, didn't see that. There's five um, signed shirts available as well, so if you do do the service. So it's probably worth doing. We're not, we're not selling for the club here. We're fucking... But uh, yeah, if, <laughs> if you want to enter it and you want to get your opinion across, uh, it's easy just sitting listening in it. But none of us actually have the things to get off his arse and do things about it. And now's your chance. Your chance. So why don't why not do it? Yeah, you know what? I didn't know about that. So fingers crossed, I win a prize. But at no point did it ask me for my name or phone number or anything. So I don't know how they're how they're going to get in touch with me and tell me that I've won, unless. I just didn't finish the thing. I didn't realise I didn't finish it. But at no point did it ask me for my name, number, or Claret's number or anything. So, interesting. I, I got it wrong, but read it. I, I, I saw it. Um, George Poole from the. Uh, is he on the neighbour? He is. Boo! Yeah. No, I'm joking. Good lad. <laughs> George Poole, uh, good guy. He, he basically uh, commented on it, and I've seen the thread. And uh, I'm sure yeah. he said that you can, you can get that. So, yeah, definitely worth a chance. Yeah, well, regardless, anyway, it's worth getting your opinion across. I wasn't aware of that, but I've done it anyway. Put all my thoughts across, and I think everybody listening to this should do as well. But that's it from this week's um, podcast. I forgot what it was then. Uh, Neil said watch along. That's it from this week's podcast. Uh, we will be back with a watch along tomorrow. I say we, Simon. Simon's being a good lad, and he's all seen it for me. I'm working. I'm going to be sat. You are actually looking at the room where I'm working this time, guys. I'm not in my kitchen, if you're watching on YouTube. It doesn't look as uh, entertaining as my kitchen, does it? Um, but I'll be sat right here doing stuff for William Hill, as usual. Um, and, yeah, watching the match on a small screen to the left-hand side of me. So big shout-out to Simon and Jared and Kieran for doing the watch-along tomorrow. Um, and if you do enjoy the watch along, um, head over and you can watch it on Facebook, you can watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on Twitch as well, uh, on my personal Twitch channel. I just put it on there to see how it would do on there. It doesn't do very well, to be honest. So 
Um, I might just sack doing that, but we'll see. You might end up growing, who knows? But yeah, big shout out to Simon for doing that. Uh, big thank you to everyone for listening. Um, and yeah, so we're back for the watch along, back for the fan reaction as well after the game. Please get your fan reactions in after the uh, the, the Leicester game. Um, if you haven't done it before, please feel free. All you have to do is send it to me via WhatsApp if you know me personally or just via turfcastpodcast at gmail.com. And then we'll get you on the fan reaction show and get you on the next podcast as well. But uh, yeah, we'll be back for the watch along. Back for the fan reaction, match reaction. There's watch-alongs potentially coming on Saturday, um, but it's my son's birthday, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it again. We'll discuss that, so there might not be one on. If not, we'll see you for the next podcast, which will be out next Thursday. But thanks, everybody, for listening, slash watching, and we'll see you again. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.